Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fourth weekly episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. We will be publishing these shorter episodes every week. The goal is to cover unemployment law issues surrounding the coronavirus. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to join us. I am the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, editor of the HR Daily Advisor. We are pleased to have with us again employment attorney Jake M. Monty, managing partner and founder of Monty and Ramirez, LLP. Uh, he's going to discuss a little bit more of the implications of the immigra- immigration freeze. Uh, last time we talked about furloughs and layoffs affecting non-immigrant workers. Uh, we discussed the freeze itself, some of the, some of the, the aspects of it, um, as well as the impact it has on the agricultural industry. Um, today we're going to speak a little bit more about compliance issues for employers with large Hispanic populations, um, and a couple other topics like people that depend on foreign high-skilled labor and accommodations that have been made for employers hiring new employees in light of the coronavirus. Um, For over two decades, Jake Monti has successfully practiced at the intersection of immigration, labor, and employment laws. He's a nationally recognized authority on issues facing employers with large Hispanic workforces. He's written not one, but three books on the topic and speaks regularly in English and Spanish on navigating labor and employment matters in industries with heightened immigration scrutiny. His clients include professional baseball teams, grocery store chains, single establishment and chain restaurants, and leading companies in the construction and facility maintenance fields. He has been interviewed by major media outlets such as Fox News, CNN, MSNBC regarding national immigration concerns. Jake founded Monty and Ramirez LLP to offer an integrated approach to dealing with Hispanic workforces. He and his bilingual partners address all the critical aspects of employer advocacy from immigration to union matters, workplace safety, and employment disputes. Jake, thanks so much for coming back and joining us today. Happy to be here. Jim, could we start with some good news? Yeah. All right. I know immigration, the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, gets a bum rap sometimes for being bureaucratic, uh, outdated, and not sensitive to the needs of employers. Well, following the COVID crisis, we actually saw USCIS, which is a part of Department of Homeland Security, they did something very smart. Uh, They decided to address a big problem affecting the I-9. The I-9 is the document every employer must complete with uh, his employee. And this rule and law was written in 1986. It's been with us since then. And it never addressed the issue of the remote employee. You work for me, Uh, but I don't actually see you every day. And how do you complete an I-9 for an employee you've never seen? Under the old regime, you you had to actually go and visit that remote employee to complete the I-9, actually look at the documents he presented, and then sign the form. Without physically doing that, you were in violation of the form uh, Mm. and the law. So... uh, USCIS came up with an announcement that allows remote inspection of documents for the COVID crisis. And I think this is a big deal for employers because at least temporarily 
you can complete an I-9 for an employee without having to physically be in front of that employee to inspect his documents. So that is a a good development. Hopefully it gets extended. And again, I think that is an indication of DHS knowing that this rule had to get changed and they they did accommodate this uh, for employers because it's a big deal. Many employees are remote employees and under the old regime, there was no way to do an I-9. Actually, some employers had to hire law firms or notaries to complete I-9s for their remote employees. So wow, this is a, a good development. I had heard about that. Um, the hope is that, you know, it'll get a trial run. We'll see that there's not a big problem with that. And uh, it'll continue on after the crisis is resolved. Yes, we're, we're hoping that. Um, well, thank you. It's always nice to get some good news, especially in uh, <laughs> these times. I want to talk for a second about org- uh, employers that have large Hispanic populations, uh, particularly those that are considered essential, so they're still in operation, and they might be concerned about getting ICE raids. Do you have any information on what kind of compliance levels you're seeing right now during the pandemic? Well, we do know that ICE is directing all of their efforts at serious criminal violators and people that have multiple orders of deportation. So what this means for employers and for employees is that only the most severe cases will be targeted. I can tell you firsthand that recently I advised uh, an employer had a in a situation where ICE showed up at the factory and they pulled uh, an employee away from the factory. They had a, a, an audit, I mean, a warrant, and it was done uh, very quickly and very um, professionally. But we later found out that this employee was wanted for a serious felony involving assault of, a, of another individual. So and it was a serious assault. So ICE is right. still there, but they're not at this point going to be conducting run-of-the-mill I-9 audits or doing uh, other enforcement action unless the people thereafter are serious criminals. So that is another bit of good news that due to the COVID crisis, they're directing their efforts on only the most severe violators. And that's good for the country for the immigrant community, and certainly for employers right now that have enough to worry about without having to worry, is ICE going to come now and conduct an ICE audit of my I-9s? I don't know how long this will wait because, I mean, how long this will go on because increased enforcement has been one of the tenets of this administration. So I don't think it's going to go away forever, but at least until the crisis abates somewhat, I would expect to continue to see this relaxed uh, enforcement. That does sound like uh, good news. Um, in the last the last episode, we talked a little bit about um, non-immigrant workers, but there's still foreign nationals that are coming. Um, they were given, were given exceptions, so they're still letting people that work in the agricultural industry uh, that are foreign nationals into the country to to do that important work. 
Um, what about people that depend on uh, foreign high-skilled labor through visas like the H-1B specialty occupation visa? How are they impacted? Well, again, the biggest problem is the consulates are still shut down. The embassies are still shut down. So for most people, unless they can make an argument that the visa fits within the emergency category, there's nothing that can be done. And by emergency, it's limited to people working in the medical field or in food production. So we were able to get a TN approved, a a TN, a trade NAFTA visa approved for an employee who worked on a dairy. This was a a Mexican uh, veterinarian, but I mean, it took us three weeks and typically this thing would have been done in, in, you know, a day, but, um, you know, we were able to, to show that it merited emergency treatment, but for the normal H1B or the normal E1, it, it basically, it it is a a COVID ban on, on immigration. Again, not necessarily the president's COVID uh, immigration ban, but a de facto ban because so many of the consulates are completely shut down, working remotely, or, or just handling emergency visas. How would you say that the COVID crisis uh, impacts those employers that, oops, I almost read the same question again. <laughs> um, what accommodations have been made for employers hiring new employees in light of the COVID crisis? Well, we talked about the, the um, modification to the I-9 rule. And that was uh, certainly um, a, a good development, making the I-9 a lot easier to complete in, in this um, a time period where remote employees are very common, and especially where traveling to a remote location would be uh, dangerous uh, to the employer and, and maybe even to the employee. So that is a, definitely a good uh, development. In terms of other accommodations, we really haven't seen anything else. Um, you know, I, I think the, um, the administration knows that certain sectors are dependent on immigrant workers. The, the key is, are those sectors in the medical area or, or, are they related to food production? If so, then those industries would be able to get special consideration. But if you don't fit within those categories, it's going to be very hard to get a visa uh, issued until this crisis abates. It's going to be interesting to see if they got the identification of essential right or not, because those classifications are done very quickly. And you know, some of them are obvious, like, okay, the medical field, sure. But then there's things like, you know, here in Connecticut, we ran out of COVID tests because they didn't have what they call reagents. They didn't have the right chemicals to produce the test. There was a shortage of them. You know, the question is, did the labs and the chemists that create those chemicals, were they considered to be essential? Is that why they're out? And how far down the chain, you know, it's not a legal employment issue, but undoubtedly, 
lines were drawn that were maybe not not thought about you know so you think about those like high those uh high skilled laborers maybe that we really should have been inviting in to to work their jobs but they hadn't been labeled essential jim absolutely and you know i i saw a classification where you know the the car wash industry was labeled uh, essential and you know everyone wants a clean car and uh i certainly do but you know you got to wonder you know how much of this was um the the result of of just you know having some some good uh lobbyists uh in place uh yeah and we i don't think we we fully know if all of the industries have been designated appropriately yeah and we we probably won't until until the effects of those decisions have been felt anyway thank you so much for joining us again uh it really was a pleasure thank you jim Listeners, please check back next week for the next episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. Uh, We plan to talk about the CARES Act and some of the considerations for employers surrounding that. You can always follow us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast. If you have any coronavirus-related employment law questions that you would want answered uh, in one of these shorter episodes, please don't hesitate to email me at jdavis.blr.com. Just ask that you put HR Works COVID-19 Update in the subject line. That'll help me make sure that I see your emails. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.